right. Are you ready for the word of God this morning? How many of you want to go to heaven? How many of you want to go to hell? <laughs> Ashes, you can be seated. So I want to talk today about preparation to serve God. Preparation to serve the Lord. So open a new page and write there, preparation to serve God. You know, life is all about preparation. When you are born, you breastfeed. Amen. Please look up. I don't know what you're writing, actually. <laughs> you're really writing and I've not started preaching. How long can it be? When you are born, you survived on your mother's milk until you are weaned. You are being prepared to eat mandazi, to eat sugarcane. You know, life is all about preparation. And what you are being prepared for now is what you will walk into. So you better be keen about the preparation that is happening. You know, there are so many people that are grown up, but they are not ready for marriage. Because they have not been prepared for it. There are some beautiful girls that are not wives. It is all about preparation. There are some tall, dark, and handsome men that are not husbands. I don't know if I'm talking to the right people. And so life is all about preparation. Can you look at your neighbor's face? Her hair is, you know, grooming. You can tell the amount of preparation that has gone into that person. You can tell. Let me tell you, if all the women in this room came with their hair the way they were given by God, you will know. You will know a hala. Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 10. Somebody say mercy. Mercy. And some of you have already made peace with your lives like Daphne, Jackie. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 10. I want you to clear your throats and look up. Depending on where you went to school, I want you to observe commas, paragraphs, full stops. We are not singing, we are reading. One, two, read. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand and withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, verse number 14, stand Therefore, having guarded your waist, I've always, I've taught this one day, 
that weapons begin at the waist. So some people are really, you cannot be naked in the battlefield. But I'm not going there. I'll come in another season. <laughs> okay? Having guarded your ways, let's read together, with truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. Of all the weapons and the armors. The strangest of them is what you wear on your feet. Because it is not definite. It is a continuous thing. Preparation. And I want to talk about preparation today. I see God taking you to your high mountains as you are being prepared. And so the Bible says, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The reason some of us are not serving God as we desire to is because you have not been prepared. If you will serve God, you must be prepared. And if you are not prepared, you will not have what it takes to serve God. And so I'm going to give you several things you must be prepared in. I'll give you at least five this morning. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I'm waiting for a certain atmosphere. You know me, but I'm saying I'm waiting for a certain atmosphere. You know, I'm going to teach you one of these days on people God cannot bless. One of the people God cannot bless is people who lack joy. Yeah. The Bible says they received the word of God with gladness. If you are not glad, God cannot come your way. Can I hear some gladness in this room? I know you are straight from your duvets. Can I hear some gladness in this room? Can you jump up on your feet and give God a shout of glory? Sit down. Five things you must be prepared in. For you to serve God. If you lack any of these things. You will fail in ministry. You will fail. In your Christianity. You will fail as a minister. And you will fail in every calling God has given you. Praise the name of Jesus. Number one. One of the preparations. Or the foundations you must have in your life. Write this down is the foundation of having a mind for eternal things. Having a mind for eternal things. You know, your focus as a child of God should be eternity. Whether God gives you a or not, you should focus on eternity. And you know what? So many Christians are not focused and prepared with a mind for eternity. And that is why if some things look like they are delaying, you threaten God with ultimatums. In 24 hours, I will do this. If, in, if you don't do this in one week, I will do this. 
married by 30, Lord, you will see. If I walk here to Java and no man says hi. Write this down. Your focus and your mind for eternal things protects you from the enemy. Your focus and your mindset that is mindful of eternity, it delivers you and protects you from certain things that can destroy you. You know, I find that there are scriptures that certain Christians nowadays don't read. Scriptures like godliness with contentment is great gain. How come I don't have a car right now? How come the door has not opened yet? How come I'm not where I wanted to be? The question is, are you going to heaven? Are you going to heaven? Do you know not everybody is going to heaven? Not everybody is in the church for going to heaven. Listen, I'm one of those old-fashioned believers that believe in going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. You know, when we say somebody has faith, we are actually saying that they have a mind for eternity or for eternal things. Let me show you some scriptures today. I'm not pastoring a church that is not going to heaven. Oh, no, 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 no. Can you shake your neighbor? Ask them, where are you going? I know you're going home, but are you going to heaven? I know you're going to honeymoon, but are you going to heaven? Are you going to heaven? Are you going to heaven? You know, the messages I will bring from here to next year are very strange messages. I'll preach on heaven. I'll preach on hell. I'll preach on the cross. I'll preach on the blood. Things that you may not, you may not like. But it will help your spirit and your soul. It will help your salvation. Oh, yeah. Ask your neighbor for me, are you going to heaven? If you are sitting next to your wife or husband, I say, hey baby, I know we are married, but are you going? Faith in God will make you reject certain things. Put out for me Hebrews 11.24. Hebrews 11.24. You know? You know, one day somebody came and told me, God has told me to buy you a V8. God, but I discerned in my spirit, this was a trap. I said, no problem, just take the money, put it in the Jenga, in the building of the church. The man was so offended and left. You know, your Christianity is not known by what you have. It is known by what you can reject. It is what you can say not to that determines how saved you are. Anything that can take you from the goodness of God, you must learn to say no. Now, there are so many girls in church right now. If just a non-believer comes and says, God has sent me to you to marry you, you will say, Father, thank you. I like you and I want you. Thank you, Lord. I receive. <laughs> I receive. <laughs> and you come to do a thanksgiving here with an offering. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and Pastor Obi, and all the pastors and lay pastors and shepherds, if you are going to be in ministry, the first foundation is not things. The first foundation is a mind that has focus on eternal things. Things 
that are not seen must be more valuable than things that are seen. Otherwise, you will be a preacher for money. You will be a minister for income, not outcome. Am I making any sense? Please, I hope you know you are in class and I've started the training. I've come to tell you as a man of God, number one, the foundation, your preparation should be eternity. I am an eternity bound Christian. Anything that I need to say no to, to arrive, I will say no to it. Can you jump up on your feet? Walk over to seven people. Ask them, are you going to heaven? Are you going to heaven? You can sit down. <laughs> sit down, everybody. How many of you are going to heaven? Can you give God a shout if you are going to heaven? You know, once you have that mentality, there are some things you will not need counseling in. Mwambie farao nimeokoka Mwambie farao Tunaenda kanani Okay please it's not a song I want you to read this scripture with me clear your throats and look up don't read it in your mother tongue, please. Read it in English. One, two, read. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy passing pleasures of sin. It's not by choice, it's by faith. It is the faith he had gotten in God that made him reject some things. You know, can you, you know, some of, you know, when you're in the church and you're not having sex because you are not married, you look like you, you don't know how to have sex. <laughs> That's not the issue. The thing is the faith. The faith I have has refused me to do certain things. Can you look at someone and say, I used to be the headmaster in the world. In the world, I was the principal. <laughs> okay, read it. Why don't you go? Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt. Not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as one that is seeing who, him who is invisible. Moses left Egypt because he was seeing somebody invisible. It is not what you can see, it is what you cannot see. It is what is in the spirit that determines your salvation. You know, I was asking God, these people I'm raising for ministry, how are they? And I realized 
Some of us, if a wind comes, it will carry you because of the desires of your heart. You have not learned how to say, no, I'm not going. No, I'm not eating. No, I'm not making that decision. No, I'm not turning that direction. Because of my faith, I have made that choice to say no to some things. Can you imagine a man leaving the palace to go to the desert? Not because he's mad, because of faith. And the Bible says, esteeming the riches of Christ, he forsook everything. Have you noticed that when you were in the world, you used to make money anyhow? <laughs> money was not the issue. Now you are born again and now it's like Satan has nyongered some things so that you can backslide. You must say, no, money or no money, I'm going to heaven. You don't like such messages. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jesus said the prince of this world is coming, but he has no part in me. There is nothing he will tempt and prosper. How come that the church today does not survive temptation? Temptations from boys, temptation from girls, temptation from money. We don't survive. You know why? Our faith is not stronger than the world. And we don't have a mind for eternal things. Can you walk away from money? Am I making any sense? <laughs> Write this down. There must be a foundation and the foundation is a mentality. A mentality of eternity and heaven. So that you are not swept away. You are not swept away. You are not swept away. If you don't have this mentality, you will be swept by something. You can be swept. You know why? You know this guy. Stand up. Stand up. Because you are married to this person. And because you are a Christian. No matter the situation. You will stay married to them. You are never going to leave them. No matter how foolish at some times they become. It is all a matter of Christianity. You know, my father in the faith was telling us a story about something that happened. And some people were talking funny about him. And he went home to tell his wife. And the wife stopped him and said, I don't even want to know. My commitment to you is not what people are saying. My commitment to you is what I have made as a vow before God. How come marriages are breaking so easily nowadays? The vows don't matter. The fact that you stood before God and said something doesn't matter. So easy to walk away and say, oh, irreconcilable difference. If this man, God forbid, let me not say that. <laughs> Am I making any sense? Sit down. Write this down. You must have the foundation and the preparation that everything we are doing, everything we are pursuing, is a preparation to go to heaven. And if it interferes with going to heaven, I can stay without it. Wow. Everything I'm doing, everything I'm pursuing is a foundation. 
under preparation for eternity. First Timothy chapter number 6 verse number 12. Oh man of God. Ish. First Timothy. Look at this. Can you look up? You know I'm so excited about this thing. Eh? My mind has moved from what people are looking for. I've started looking for Jesus and I'm looking for my way to heaven. And I'm not going to stop at and nothing will stop me from going to heaven. Nothing. The Bible says if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it. You would rather enter heaven without a hand. But you know, in the church, these messages are not there. What can you not do for money? What can you not do to get that appointment? That is a question you should not ask in the now church. Because people can do anything. First Timothy chapter number 6, verse number 12. Are you listening to me? Clear your throats. As I'm talking to you, I'm washing you. I'm washing your mind. I'm washing you with the preaching of the word. Amen. Can you clear your throats? One, two, read it. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of a beautiful wife. Lay hold of a good car. Go and live in Runda. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. To which you are also called. And you have the confession, the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Faith is not about getting things. And I don't want to appear like I'm contradictory. The first approach of faith eh, is not getting the car. It's not getting the things in the warehouse and we have to. The first approach of faith is going to heaven. Otherwise, you are going to be a master of getting things. And you are not going. The first reason you have faith, Z, the reason you have faith is not to be rich. You will be rich. But if that reaching, our riches, makes you not able to go to heaven, you would rather be poor. Oh, you don't like this message, whatever. <laughs> if being married or being in a relationship or being with a girlfriend will make you not go to hell, you would rather be single and arrive. Sit down. <laughs> Second Timothy. Are you going? Me and look at your neighbor and say, I'm going. <laughs> And listen, once you are going, all other things must be added. You can be added houses in Runda, cars, and it's good to have those things. I believe God for those things. But it cannot be at the expense of going. You cannot be able to get all kinds of things and not be able to go to heaven. Will you drive? Second Timothy chapter number four, verse number seven. You will, you will get used to me. How many of you are going to heaven? Okay. Yeah. Second Timothy four, seven. Look up. 
Look at the screen. Not look at me. I'm not the screen. One, two, read it. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to those that love his appearing. You know, nowadays we are not talking about the crown. We are not talking about rewards and the crown and what God will give you. We are just talking about what can happen here. Can I change the message? Look at that. The day you are dying, eh? before you die, you must say, guys, I've kept the faith. I've kept, I mean, listen, it doesn't matter what else you have. Because everything you have does not travel with you. It is the faith that will make sure you travel to eternity. I have kept the faith. And not a new faith that comes around. The faith for God and eternity. I have kept the faith. I've not kept the money. Don't, you may have the money, but don't say you have kept the money. And not even the ministry. Let me come there. No, you cannot say I've kept the ministry. Let me show you a scripture. Let me show you a scripture. Sit down. Matthew 7, 21. I'm washing you. Matthew 7, 21. You know, let me ask you a question. Because I was asking myself. How many of you have something you have with somebody you don't, there's somebody you are, don't have a good relationship? Wave your hand. How many of you have somebody you have not forgiven? Raise your hand. Yeah? Listen. What makes you think if the trumpet sounds now? You know, let me tell you why people have fights and quarrels and all kinds of offense. They are not looking at heaven. When you are looking at heaven, you will apologize and receive apology quickly. Lest the trumpet sound when we are quarreling on WhatsApp. The reason people fight and quarrel and nye 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 utaona, utanijua, utajua. I will attend your burial. Listen, the reason is because you are not looking at heaven. You know, my papa, Dr. Albert, one day he died. Yes, he died on a flight. And he went, his body left, his spirit left the body. And he was traveling. You know? God was giving him an experience. And in that experience, the only thing he could remember is people he needed to make things right with. <laughs> you know? He was, and he said he had so much regret. Not because he had any sin, because of things he had not made peace. And then God brought him back to the body. The reason you have some funny problems is you are not looking at heaven. When you are looking at heaven, you will not allow anybody to offend you. I don't want offense. I don't want anybody to bring me into a place that I'm not in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Don't even allow ministry to stop you. Okay, clear your throats. Read this scripture. Are you looking up? Oh, I'm 
going to change your diet. 2021, you are going to be a true Christian. I've realized you can have a big church of people that are not going. And then God will also ask you, why did you pastor people that are not going? Why didn't you tell them? Can you clear your throats? Look up. One, two, read it. Let's start again. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father. Hey, listen, the entry into heaven is doing the will. Continue. Many will say to me in that day, this scripture is so hard, some people are not reading it. Can you read it? One, two, read. In that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And I do all these things. Have we not cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice. You know me sometimes, eh? I want to go to heaven, but it scares me. You know these are prophets. These are not sinners. These are apostles. Put up the scripture again. Go to the next verse. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a man who built his house on the rock. Let me show you another scripture. We are just in the bathroom. First Corinthians 9.27. First Corinthians 9.27. When you see me from now on, you will be seeing heaven. Oh yeah, you will be knowing you are going. First Corinthians 9.27. Look at this. Everybody look up. All right, clear your throats. One, two, read it. But I discipline my body. When I preach to others, I may not become disqualified. Can you look at your neighbor and say, I'm not a signboard. I am also going. I'm not just directing you. You know, something has scared me, and I thank God I have sons who are in the music industry. The way the gospel artists have changed and become secular, it has made me become scared. People that were saying Jesus, now they are saying, they are blowing shisha and saying I'm, I'm celebrating, I'm gospel and secular artist number one. Listen, eh? Listen. Not everybody is going. Not every preacher is going. Not every prophet is going. Not every Christian is going. I know it's a different doctrine and you are not used to it. But I say not everybody is going. Can you shake your neighbor and say you better be going. If you are not careful, eh, Daphne, if you are not careful, you must discipline yourself. When you get angry, when you feel you are getting angry, you have unforgiveness, you discipline yourself because you are looking at heaven. Yeah. 
The reason people don't deal with issues quickly is because of where they are looking. You think it is friends you are fighting with. You don't know it is eternity. You are threatened. When I, right now, I was just thinking to myself, I don't, want, I don't even want any quarrel with my wife. Oh, no, no, no. You know, sometimes when you are married, you, it's easy to quarrel. What if the day you are quarreling is the day the trumpet is... Oh, no, 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 no. What if that is the day? The day you want to say something funny is the day Jesus is coming. <laughs> After I have preached to others, I may not be a castaway. Sit down. So number one, the first foundation is that you must have a mind and a mentality of eternity. Is that making any sense? And you know this kind of thing I'm saying, you will not hear it in the church nowadays. No. When you enter a service and people are shouting, you will be surprised at what they are shouting about. It's nothing to do with going to heaven. Nothing. Yeah? Yeah? So, you must have faith for eternity. That is the first foundation. Number two. The second foundation and preparation for serving God. The second... <laughs> I went for a holiday with my wife. The other day. And when you, when you are in the room, eh, there is a fridge. Eh? Everywhere you go around the world, there is like a fridge. It has juice. It has sodas, Sprite, Fanta, Coke. Okay, and black carrots. But there is also guarana in there. <laughs> there is also all kinds of things. And listen, at that point, eh, your members are not there. Your members are not in the hotel. <laughs> hey, you, you may just feel, man, I want to relax. <laughs> and you know it is a case with pastors. A lot of us, that is a problem. You go and look at the whatever. You see crazy things, what they were downloading. Christians. And I remember we checked in, we were relaxing, you know. And now we were going, we were going to the, no, I'm thinking nobody knows here, knows us here. As we are entering, I had Bishop Eric, Bishop Eric, Bishop Eric. <laughs> I said, I <laughs> Bishop Eric. Yes. Somebody I don't know from Adam. I don't know him. He said, you're here. I said, yes, I'm here for holiday. And this is my wife. I'm here with my wife. <laughs> and so he said, oh, we are so honored to have you. Before we know it, eh? the chefs and the waiters have gathered for prayers. And they are saying, it's not every day we meet a bishop. But listen. They are also the ones that are checking the cafridge. <laughs> they are the ones that are checking the cafridge. <laughs> you can see a contradiction. <laughs> and I was telling, I was telling mom, I, I like going for holiday during the week. Not during the, because you can be in the pool and you hear Bishop, Bishop. <laughs> 
foundation you must be heavenly can you look at your neighbor and say listen people know you you better be what you are saying you better be you it better be you that is you when we are leaving the staff gathered oh god bless you bishop come back again i'm thinking wow thank you lord for true salvation First foundation, have a mentality of eternity. Number two, for you to serve God, for you to be a Christian, and this one will hurt you. You may need to answer the altar call today. The second preparation to serve God, write this down, you must have a foundation of sacrifice. Sacrifice. And when I say sacrifice, you think I want to collect an offering. Everybody look up, stop writing. Look at my face. For you to be a Christian, you must lose something. You cannot be a Christian and you still have the same life you had. There is nothing you are not doing. Everything you used to do, you are still doing. You cannot serve God until you are sacrificial. Okay. Galatians chapter number 2, verse number 20. Galatians. Galatians 2, 20. Are you listening to me? Look up. The Bible is on the screen. Clear your throats. Everybody read. One, two, read it. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh. Okay, let's read it again. Because you will realize maybe your Christianity is from China. Nowadays, there is no sacrifice. That is why there is no consecration. And that is why people are not holy. Because our Christianity lacks the pillar of sacrifice. You don't have sacrifice. Can you read it again from the top? One, two, read. I have been crucified with Christ. Wait. What happens when you are crucified? You die. Can you look at your neighbor and say, I'm dead. Introduce yourself by your name. And say, I'm dead. Tell them, I'm dead and buried. Continue. It is no longer I. I'm still alive, but I'm dead. It is no longer I that lives. But Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now listen. It means... Even the person I would have married. I cannot marry them. Because the reasons I wanted to marry somebody like that. 
were wildly reasons. The places I would have gone, the way I would have enjoyed, the, I don't enjoy things the same way. The things I would have done, the way I would have reacted if it was me, the way I would have dealt with you if it was me, but it is not me. It's not me. The former me would have fornicated, but it's not me. The former me would have done corruption, but it is not me. I'm not alive. The life I live, it is Christ. Okay. You know, the Bible says when the son of God comes, he will separate the sheep from the goats. Sometimes you wonder how many goats are in the church. One of the tendencies of a goat is that you cannot control a goat. What a goat wants to do is what is a goat they will do. And sheep, sheep follow the shepherd. And when the shepherd is not there and they have problems, they cry to the shepherd. Listen. Salvation cannot allow you. Why I was talking about the pool and the jacuzzi. And why we don't go when there are people. Because you cannot now dress the way people dress. You cannot be, you know, sauntering through the and, and, and people are saying, Pastor, oh. Yeah. I think Pastor Mohat. Pastor Mohat. It's not you anymore. This is the boring salvation that is the real salvation. you are and then you keep pulling things because you feel angry. Why did you wear like that? Why did you wear like the old you? Why? 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 Why do you keep falling out from relationships because of attitudes? Because you are not dead. By the way, this is a training for ministry. <laughs> you have to have a, a pillar of foundation. You must be able to suck it in. When you feel like insulting, you suck it in. When you feel like reacting, you suck it in. Can you say suck it in? You are no longer you. Look at the problems you have. Problems of non-believers. You are not crucified. You have refused to die. You are like the thief that was talking at the cross. Instead of dying, you say, hey, When you are crucified, you die. You don't talk. Let me show you a scripture. Can you look at your neighbor and say, this life I'm living, eh? It's not me. Tell them I can't beat you. I could have, but it's not me. <laughs> How many of you still want this gospel? How many of you want salvation? Can you shout Jesus? You must live the life of Christ. You know, Jesus sacrificed for you that you may sacrifice for him. Let me give you a scripture. Ephesians 4.25. Ephesians 4.25. That is why there's so much sin in the church. So much fornication in the church. 
so much for they are so because people don't understand. We were not told salvation is sacrifice. We just got saved and say, "Oh, you are cool." You have to sacrifice. Look at this. Look up. Clear your throats. One, two, read it. Putting away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sit. Don't break the plates. Be angry but do not sin. Huh? Do not let the sun go down on your earth. By the way, anger is permitted huh? for only eight hours. Eight to twelve hours. Actually, eight, so that the sun, when you see the sun coming down, you can be angry for two hours, three hours, four hours. <laughs> when you see the sun going down, you look for the person you're angry with. Yeah. <laughs> because you are saved. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another be angry and do not sin don't let the sun go down on your earth nor give place to the devil go to the next verse let him who stole there are thieves in the church thieves when you are a thief you are cast with a curse the bible says there is a curse of a thief Imagine. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands. What is good? That he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. How many liars do you know in the church? How many thieves do you know in the church? How many fornicators do you know in the church? How many wife beaters do you know in the church? It's like salvation has not entered that place. Another scripture, Ephesians 4.20. Hey, you just agree and accept. Ephesians 4.20. Are you here? Look up. Want to read? But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and you have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you put on the new man. Which was created according to God. In true righteousness. Holiness. So many drunkards in the church. Drunkard is like you are, you are pouring alcohol on Jesus in you. Smokers and weed guys. And porn critics. 
critics. You are no longer a watcher, you are a critic. Hapa wako tumia camera poa hii. The lighting. <laughs> and then you say, you say you are going to heaven. You know, I, had a, I read a scripture that teachers will be, will be judged with heavier... That's why now, I'm not joking with this teaching. <laughs> I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you, if you're a Christian, sacrifice is not an option. And sacrifice is not just an offering. It is rejecting what you would have done earlier. But we are, we are going to get married anyway. <laughs> we are going, I'm going to get married this guy. Why not? When I met my wife, my beautiful wife, we dated for three years. We never had sex. Me. I didn't have sex. <laughs> that was impossible in the world. But you have to look at heaven. You walk like this. In relationship, you walk like this. In business, in everything, you walk like this, you will arrive. But if it is always sin, repent. Sin, repent. Sin, repent. If we take the grace of God for granted there will be no more salvation. Praise God. Let me show you what you need to do with your old man. Yes, Philippians chapter number 3, verse number 8. Are you getting washed? Is your mind getting clean? You know, those, those possibilities should not be in your mind. Oh, maybe, you know, if, we are, if I feel too weak, I'll repent. I'll go to bishop is anointed. <laughs> Philippians 3, 8, eh? Philippians 3.8. Everybody want to read it. Yet indeed, I also count all things as loss. For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss of all. When you meet Jesus, you suffer losses. You lose fornication. You lose your choice of relating. That is salvation. I have suffered the loss of all things. And I count them as rubbish. And cow down. That I may gain Christ. <laughs> so number one, have a mentality for eternity. Number two, you must have a foundation of sacrifice. If I had time, I would tell you about preparing your message. Preparing your message. Number two, preparing your ministry. I would teach this thing with, come, with, with days. And number five, preparing to go to heaven. How you actually prepare to go to heaven. Alright? Alright? I can't hear you. Write this down. The afterlife. The afterlife. The afterlife will be greatly influenced by what you do on earth. 
the afterlife will greatly be influenced by what you do on earth. Sikuzako Zausoni. The afterlife will greatly be influenced by what you do on earth. Now look at me. Whatever you do. Look at me, everybody. Whatever you do, eh? Wave at me. Whatever you do, serve God. Get into marriage to serve God. Get into business to serve God. Anything you cannot go in and serve God, don't go in. That's why I love Denzel Washington. I love the guy. You will never see him in a movie kissing or doing funny. You will never see him in a funny scene. But he's the best top shelf. He has a problem with the people that write movie scripts because he's a Christian. He will never do certain things. And he will tell you, no, I'm not. If you tell me to do that, I won't be in your movie. And he said, no, we'll remove that part for you. Now, I want to show you something quickly before we break for the next service. Is that okay? I want to show you the four seasons of life. Four seasons of life. Four seasons of life. And I want to show you that you must prepare for each season. Life is in seasons. When you're in primary, you're, when you're in kindergarten, you're preparing for primary. When you're primary, you're preparing for secondary. When you're in secondary, you're preparing for campus and university life. When you are there, you're preparing for employment. When you're in employment, you're preparing to raise a family. And then like that, like that, until you're preparing to die. You know, the way some people are living, you would think they will never die. There are four seasons of life. And the seasons are not equal. They are not the same in proportion. Some are longer and some are shorter. We are talking about preparation. I want to show you the four seasons you have. Because you don't have 100 years, you have four seasons. Some of you are already in the second season and you don't know. You are remaining with two. You don't like the message? How many of you are enjoying the message? Okay. Can you put up for me James chapter number five? And by the way, if you are here and you want to serve God in the afternoon, we'll have another session at three. James chapter number five. Can you remove this cover? When you bring this, remove the cover. James chapter number 5, verse number 7. James 5, 7. Put it up for me. Alright. Clear your throats. Let's read it together. One to go. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. So your patience is not until you break through. It's not until you become rich. It is until the Lord comes. Continue. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit on the earth. Waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. I want you to mark those words. Early, latter rain. Okay, where are we now? Continue. You also be patient. 
establish your heart. You are establishing your business and you have not established your heart. Establish your heart. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Continue. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example. So I want you to see this. God is saying, you must establish your heart and then be patient for my appearing. Are you getting what I'm saying? I want to show you the four seasons of life. Huh? And, but I want you to see that the Bible says that God comes to us like rain. God will only come into your life twice. Early rains, latter rains. And God is with you, but he moves twice. Let me explain. You know, every farmer knows. How many times there is rain in a year? Two times. The Bible is saying God will come to you as the rain. He will come to you in the early rains and in the latter rains. It means before the rains, there is a season. And then there is a season of early rain. And then between early rain and latter rain, there is another season. So you have four seasons in your life. Okay, let me confirm it. Go to Hosea chapter number 6. Daphne, you must ask yourself which season you are in God. Hosea chapter number 6. When you think about God, always think about rain. Are you listening? Because God is not always moving the same way. There is a time God is with you in patience. There is a time God is raining on you. There is another time now you are growing. There is another time he comes to confirm what you have grown. Hosea chapter number 6. It's very quiet in this room. I should change it to favor. Receive favor in the name of Jesus. Go to Hosea chapter number 6. Yeah. Look at this. Hosea 6.1. I don't know why you chose 3. Come. Can everybody read it? Lift up your voice and read. One to go. Let us return to the Lord. For he has torn us. But he will heal us. He has stricken us. But he will bind us up. Uh -huh. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up. That we may live in his sight. Let us know and let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established, look at this, as the morning. So God is like the morning. Continue. And he will come to us like the rain. Like the latter and the former rains to the earth. <laughs> you only have two seasons with God. And then two seasons to work on what he has done. The first season is a season of preparation. It can be long. <laughs> After that you enter the first rain. And I believe the first rain is the rain of calling you. 
when God is calling you, like everybody here, most of us are in the first train. God is calling you. Before you met me, were you a pastor? What were you? Just a businessman. And what else? What else? I see now. How can you forget? How many sinners were you here before God called you? How many confirmed sinners were here before Jesus called you? Okay, how many confirmed fornicators were here before Jesus came? Oh, yeah. <laughs> how many ganja people were here before Jesus came? Vegetarians. Now listen, listen to me, you only have four seasons, maybe you, even your marriage is still, maybe I'm in the first season of life, it can be long, because it lasts as long as you understand, and you can repeat it. And then there is a season that when God calls you, you must now begin to prepare to do what he has called you to do. You must begin to pray. Like now, I'm preparing you. You don't even know. I'm teaching you how to hold the mic. Oh, where were you preaching before you came to this church? Whiskey River. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And guys, when you realize God is training you, you must comply. If God is saying, leave this, leave it. Because you will stay long if you don't change. Let me explain something for you. Jesus had four seasons. And he also gave all of us four seasons. Yeah. He said to the apostles, you must start in Jerusalem, go to Judea, Go to Samaria and to the ends of the world. Okay? Four seasons. Jesus was born in Nazareth. Okay? Uh, no, no. He was born in Bethlehem. Alright? Yes, Am I talking to anybody here? Yes, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Season one. He grew up in Nazareth. Season two. In Nazareth is where he tried to preach his first sermon. And it did not work. He almost died. They almost killed him. Because there is a season, things don't work. Even for Jesus. Don't be afraid when you start a ministry and it is wobbling. Because it can be Nazareth. Oh, am I talking to anybody here? So you come from Bethlehem, you go to your Nazareth. And you know what? The place that Jesus now did ministry is called Galilee. Galilee is where Matthew, John, Luke, all these gospels were written. They were written from Galilee. It is Galilee that his ministry became pronounced. But guess what? He could not die in Galilee. Galilee was his place of favor. He had to now move from Galilee to Jerusalem. It is Jerusalem where he fulfilled his ministry. You have four seasons, sit down. You have four seasons. The first season, God is preparing you. Prepare. You will see even your marriage. It's like it has seasons. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the older you become in marriage, the sweeter. Because of experience. You know, you people, you think old people don't have style. Or they are not cool. <laughs> that person has very much experience. If you give him the remote control, he does not start the unigani. He just presses the right channel. <laughs> channel number 14. No, 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 no. Listen to me. Sit down. God, can you wave at me? God wants you to know the season you are in. So that you can act accordingly. You cannot be in school and you don't know you are in school. You cannot be marrying in school. In form two. You invite your wife to the dormitory. <laughs> Can you ask your neighbor which season are you in? And what is God doing with you? For the rest of this year, this month, next month, December, God has to prepare you for what you will enter into in 2022. And if he doesn't prepare you, 2022 will be like 2021. That's why I've started these trainings. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want you to repeat after me. Say, Father. Say louder. Say, Father. I don't want to fail. I wish you can say it louder. Say, Father. I don't want to fail. Come to me as the rain. Show me my seasons. Prepare me. As every eye is closed, I want you to open your mouth and speak to God for a few minutes. Tell him to guide you. Guide me, Lord. Guide me, Lord. Order my steps. It doesn't matter the level I'm in. May I be in your will. It doesn't matter the season. May I be stuck right in the will of God. Help me, oh God. Help me, oh God. Help me, oh God. Help me, oh God. Help my life. Order my steps. Lead me. Lead me. Lead me, oh God. Lead me in my seasons. Order my steps. Instruct my heart. Guide me. Guide me to my Bethlehem. Guide me to my Nazareth. Guide me to my Galilee. Guide me, oh God, to the uttermost parts of the world. Show me how to act and what to do. Can you lift up both of your hands as your eyes are closed? Say, Father. Say, Lord, say, Father. I surrender myself to the seasons that you have appointed for me and to your perfect will for my life. Open your mouth and tell him, Lord, use me, use me, use me, use me. 
Use me, use me, use me, use me. Use me, move upon me to will and to act according to your good pleasure. Lord, inspire me, guide me, instruct me. Teach me, oh God, anoint me in my seasons of life. Use me, oh God. Can you tell him to use you? Tell him to use you. Tell him to guide you. Tell him to order your steps and to instruct your heart. Repeat after me, say, Father, every time wasters that are on my path, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. Open your mouth and tell him, deliver me, oh God. Can you jump up on your feet everywhere? Lift up both of your hands, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, every time waster, every stumbling block, every opposition, deliver me from it. I want you to clap your hands and begin to pray against those things. If you don't pray against it, it will delay you. Can you clap your hands and pray against those things? Wait, wait, Listen. I see some angels in the crowd. And these are angels of transitioning you from your stagnation. Amen. Anything that is threatening to remove you from the will of God, uh -huh. it will be removed now. Yes. Lift up your hands and say, Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, any stumbling block, any stumbling block to doing your will, to do with your will, remove it, oh God. Remove it. Can God. you clap your hands and begin to pray that God will remove it?